single people. I know we're tired of non-single people giving us unsolicited advice. Trust me, I get it. We're always told to cherish our single years and wait on the Lord for our kingdom spouses. And that's great and awesome even. But let's talk about why it's incredibly frustrating waiting on the Lord and taking the necessary time to heal from our past hurts. Because truth be told, we don't want to bring our past into our present, which we know will ultimately ruin our future. Rich Wilkerson Jr. once said, if you never heal from what cut you, you'll bleed on people that didn't hurt you. Hey, you're watching and listening to the Emerge podcast with Ashley Henderson. The Emerge episodes will be uploaded on a weekly basis to help you achieve personal growth, discover your entrepreneur skills, and stay inspired with Christian motivation by discovering the Bible was and still is very relevant. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Emerge podcast so you don't miss weekly videos on inspiration and encouragement. All right, saints, let's tune in to this week's episode. The purpose of your singleness is to seek the Lord wholeheartedly. In Him and only Him, we find our ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. In fact, we have an advantage over married people to give our undivided devotion to the Lord. And according to the Word of God, single people, we have a unique opportunity to live our life in a way that honors God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul writes, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. What Paul is saying here is that whether or not you are married or unmarried, you are called to care for the things of the Lord, but unmarried people have an advantage in that they may care for the Lord and the things of the Lord without any complications, without any kind of divided mind. Because unmarried people, unlike married people, have to also care for spouses and their families from the spouses. Paul isn't saying that it's bad for married people to care for their spouses. In fact, he is saying the opposite. This whole chapter, he's insisting that it's necessary to care for your spouse. This is a good care. What he's saying is a care. It's an anxiety. I've been single for practically all my life entertained a few relationships here and there, but never really knew why they didn't evolve into something more, something meaningful. It wasn't until God led me to my wilderness where he revealed there's purpose in my singleness. For one, I get to grow in my relationship and in my intimacy with Jesus Christ. And I believe that a man who is intimate with God will never be intimidated by man. As us believers know, he is a relational God. He wants to do life with you. And he wants you to desire doing life with him. Because God separated me, I'm able to hear his voice a lot clearer than I was before due to all the noise and distractions that I had prior to entering into the wilderness. 
Another reason why singleness is not a burden, but a blessing. I'm able to get to know me for the first time. Growing up, I felt as though every decision had already been made for me, and I never felt like I had a say in the matter. I didn't have a say in what school I wanted to be in, whether I wanted to be in sports or change sports. I had no say in anything. Basically, my family decided what was best for me without even asking me. Now that I am an adult and I have an opportunity to discover my likes, my dislikes, my strengths and my weaknesses, heck, I even have time to discover my love language, my fight language, maybe even my body language, all these different things that, you know, well, make up me. I realized that if I would have rushed into marriage at age 22, when the opportunity presented itself, I would have compromised. Compromise is very dangerous. It means to accept standards that are lower than is desirable. Compromise is the antithesis of God's promise. Basically, as a believer, when you are compromising in any area of your life, you are saying to God, who is the author and finisher of your faith, that I don't trust your plans for my life. Compromise says that you can have the idol and keep Jesus too. It is vital to know when compromise is appropriate and when it is not. In general, we could say that we can compromise on preferences, but not on principles. Based on that rule of thumb, here are some matters in which compromise might be helpful. For one, you can compromise on the color of the bedroom carpet, maybe the type of vehicle your family should drive or where to host the corporate luncheon. But there should be no compromise over values and the standards that stem from those values. Here are some examples of things about which we should not compromise. For one, the essentials of the Christian faith, including the gospel and the faithful preaching of the word of God. Two, the lordship and authority of Christ. Three, your personal convictions. And lastly, moral issues as defined in scripture, which says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. I don't know what God has told you to do, but I will tell you this. Disobedience always hurts you because you miss God's blessing. Single people, I know we are tired of non-single people giving us unsolicited advice. Trust me, I get it. We're always told to cherish our single years and wait on the Lord for our kingdom spouses. No sex before marriage. Great, awesome. But let's have an honest conversation about why it's incredibly frustrating waiting on the Lord. For one, hormones. Yeah, hormones are real and your flesh do not care that you are now living for Christ. I believe part of the frustration that comes from singleness is knowing that we are designed for companionship. I mean, God even said it to himself. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So that's how we're designed by nature. God is more than enough. But even God never intended for the man, along with the beasts of the ground, air, and sea, to live alone in the Garden of Eden. It is in our nature to desire relationships. If you feel alone, take heart. God is with you. And he desires for you to be in a relationship with other people. Community is essential to us believers. Whether you work together, you serve together, you worship together, or share life in a marriage relationship, a friendship, or other close tie, know that God desires for his people to draw closer to him and love for each other.
So remember, sometimes it's nice to be alone with our thoughts and meditations, serving and loving the Lord with our unique gifts and skills. But with others, we can magnify the power of God's love and do more for his kingdom. If you know that this message is for you, pray with me. Abba Father, you know my heart and its desires. Help bring others into my life that help me balance out and make me better in my walk to become a person after your own heart. Help me to understand that with you, I am never alone. And also help me to open up my heart to relationship with fellow Christian brothers and sisters as we worship and serve you now and for all eternity. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you.